Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion, everybody. This is Juco All-American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We are talking Transfer Portal, we're talking Peach Bowl, uh, State of the Roster, a number of topics. We'll kick it off with what we're drinking. Uh, I'm actually not drinking anything right now. Uh, I just didn't prepare. <laughs> uh, but I know you are. What are you uh, drinking? I'm having a rum old-fashioned right now. Um, I'm using this, let's see, it's a locally made rum. It was made by Mystic, which is based in North Carolina, and it's like their tiki blend. Um, I'm doing that with a little bit of uh, like banana flavored cognac. It's like a banana liqueur and then a little bit of bitters. So kind of like a old fashioned. Oh, it's interesting. I actually, um, you mentioned cognac. I, I made a sidecar, uh, the other night. Um, I, I think brandy is an underrated liquor. Yeah. It, it used to be the... like, it's not something that I ever, uh, Oh yeah, I was gonna say it used to be the base for a lot more cocktails. It's kind of fallen out, but it's it's still very good. Yeah, I mean, and then of course, you know, Brand Alexanders are are excellent. But I think that like people even use them in use brandy in Manhattans and old fashions as substitutes and things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can see how that would work. Uh, Peach Bowl. So Peach Bowl was announced today. We're recording this on Sunday. We'll be posting it on Monday. Uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, you know, I I was in the camp that wanted to play Iowa in the Citrus Bowl because I thought Ole Miss would easily win and I want to get 11 wins. I'm a little scared of Penn State. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. But, um, you know, it's it's always fun to play in bowls of significance, and the Peach Bowl is one of those. Yeah, it's it, it's a cool matchup, like you said. Um, well, I can't remember. I don't think you said this, but Ole Miss has never played Penn State. Um, we have a very short record against Big Ten teams in general, um, and and I'd say they kind of occupy a similar place within their respective conference uh, that that Ole Miss does. You know, they're they're kind of trying to find a way to, you know, get out from under uh, Ohio State and Michigan a little bit. Um, but they're, you know, clearly the very top of that next tier as well. Um, and, you know, on uh, a good year for Ole Miss, that's, that's kind of what we're doing like this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to dive into Penn State yet. We will definitely have more podcasts b- between now and then. Uh, I just know that their defense is really, really good, uh, and that's that scares me. When I say really, really good, uh, they're third in points allowed and first in sack percentage. If Jaden Williams doesn't play in the game, I just don't see how we deal with a team that generates tons of sacks. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's super uh, troublesome. I, I do think we've at least had you know, a pretty good slate of defenses that we faced. I mean, even if Penn State is really, you know, technically sound, they're not going to be as talented on defense as Texas A&M or Georgia or Alabama. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's definitely a different challenge yeah. facing like a team of you know total athletic monsters versus guys who are maybe more assignment sound. And you know that's not to say that Penn State doesn't have great athletes. I'm sure they do, but there's bound to be a little bit of difference between them and you know Georgia. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if we can overcome that. Sure. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they have plenty of talented guys, but they have not signed, like, consecutive top two recruiting classes over and over again, yeah. you know. Um, again, we'll, we'll get into Penn State more. I would be – it would be very dishonest for me to try to uh, preview that game in any capacity so far. I, I have not watched them. I think I saw them – I saw part of their game against Ohio State, and that's it. Um Anyway, let's talk about about the roster because I think that's that's something interesting happening right now. Um, you know, the the transfer portal opens tomorrow. Uh, it'll be open today when you when you listen to this, December fourth. Uh, which and and there are some players who are already have already sort of announced that they're in the portal. There are many players who've already announced they're entering the portal, but there will be many many more to come. Uh, and I think that. One thing that I wanted to talk about before we talk about like the the portal itself is because of the COVID year and everything, everything has gotten kind of difficult. Uh, and I think it's worth us going through which players could come back and which could not. Uh, and then sort of talking about uh, you know, like what the impact, potential impact is there, I guess. Uh, and the, gosh, the roster online is a little bit more difficult to navigate than it should be. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll start with with the players who cannot come back. And I, you know, it is a a list of significant players. Uh, but I think we can, we can sort of talk through about the potential impact overall there. Okay. So players who cannot come back, Dejon Anthony, Spencer Sanders, Zachary Franklin, Zamari Walton, DeAndre Prince, Monty Montgomery, Deshaun Gaddy, Jeremiah, Jean-Baptiste, Jalen Knox, Ashanti Sistrunk, um, Teha, Teha Young. Sorry, everything got out of order. Uh, yeah, Quincy, Quincy McGee, Victor Kern, Quay Davis, <laughs> Quay Davis, uh, Stefan Wynn, Jamon Gordon, Isaac Ukwu. You, you mentioned Teha Young. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm on roster. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, so I think that, you know, all those players or many of the players that I, that I mentioned, are, you know, were significant contributors and, and helpful, uh, to the team. I think that DeAndre Prince is the only one on that list that I'm just like, man, it is going to be tough to replace uh, DeAndre Prince. And that's not to say the other guys will be easy to replace. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that, in my opinion, Ole Miss is not losing, like, crucial, crucial players to the they-will-definitely-leave-because-they-have-no-eligibility-left category. I don't know what you're I agree. About. Yeah, I was I was just going to transition into saying that overall the batch of guys who have a COVID year available is probably a better overall batch of players 
and that's much more up in the air. Uh, there's a lot of guys that we're really not sure what they're going to do. Which I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to run through those really quickly. Uh, sure. Yeah, J.J. Pegues has announced he's coming back. Huge. Like, enormous, enormous news. Yeah. Caden uh, Priestcorn uh, has not announced any either way, but if he does, that would be, you know, phenomenal. Uh, Jeremy James, that would be good. Reese McIntyre would be good. Caleb Warren would be good. Um, both Dayton Wayne uh, and Jordan Watkins. See, gosh, how do they organize this? Yeah, yeah, those those would be pretty pretty helpful. Ulysses Bentley, Kari Coleman, uh, Jared Ivey, Caden Davis. He has to come back since Caden Costa has now entered the uh, program. You certainly think so, yeah. Um, Cedric Johnson, if you didn't say him. Yeah, obviously Trey Harris, that would be wonderful. John Saunders, yeah, Trey Harris could be a crucial piece. With uh... Trey Harris is gone though, right? Like that's. Go I was going to say Trey Harris has got to be gone, right? I mean, probably, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you never know. Who knows, right? <laughs> um, I guess Joshua Harris, although. I know Joshua Harris played uh, and played a good bit, but I wonder if he is in a situation where he would be like a graduate student and could transfer again with no penalty and go somewhere that he would, you know, definitely start. Yeah. You wonder with the kind of, I don't know. I, I'd read that the knock on him coming in was that he'd kind of struggled to get his weight down and wasn't a guy who just could play an enormous snap count. Um, and, you know, the word was that he had improved that, but I don't know that he has designs on being like an every down kind of defensive tackle. Like, I, I don't know what he's trying to do, but, um, and, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, I, you know, he's he has been a helpful player sure. on the team. Uh, I would, I would like for him to come back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that even even that list, obviously, it has more important players uh, than the list of players who who can't come back. Even that list, other than the wide receiver position and Caden Priestcorn, if most of the other players left, it's not an insurmountable task to be able to come up with a team that is, you know, as good as this one was. Yeah, I'd agree. But yeah, one of the ways um, that you kind of have to think about it. So yeah, let's talk. Uh, sorry, y'all. I, I think, I don't know, we're a little off sync or something for, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, what I was going to say is it's kind of helpful to think about you know, these, these guys in terms of cost to replace. Um, that's something I wanted to highlight about JJ Piggies is like, he's a really good player. Uh, maybe not an all sec kind of player, but to replace him through the portal would be crazy expensive to get like a ready to go sec starting defensive tackle. Who's as good as he is would be, you know, a big drain on, on NIL funds that we could spend on other positions. So like getting guys like that back, um, that, that's kind of a helpful way to, to think about that, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, we, I'm sure you've seen some recent coach quotes that suggest that, like, 
around the country, the going rate for a really good quarterback in the portal is like one and a half million dollars or something like that. You have to imagine we're not paying Jackson Dart one and a half million dollars or Walker Howard or Austin Simmons. Uh, And so we sort of are living in this time where Austin Simmons could transfer, but Walker Howard couldn't. Jackson Dart, I guess maybe could if he's graduated. Uh, but maybe he, I don't. I don't have no idea if he has graduated. Uh, but either way, like it would be weird to to, to transfer. Um, we are living in a time where, at the moment, we have we are paying under the quoted amount for like a great quarterback, and so we need to capitalize during this time, right, and utilize the funds that we have. Uh, at our disposal in the best possible way that we can and find keeping players on campus who are, who have proven to be good uh, to great. I mean, at times JJ Pegues flashes like incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, keeping those types of guys on campus without having to break the bank is a, is a really important key to putting together the best roster they can for next season. Yeah. Cause they're going to have to buy offensive linemen and that's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, I think a position that started to get expensive last year, you know, there was, there was a lot of talk that we needed to add some guys last year and then, you know, adding Kern and McGee, they were both helpful and they both started all year, but you know, they weren't the most, sought after portal offensive lineman by, by any stretch. Um, and surely we were after some of those guys and, you know, it just started getting past our, our price point. Yeah. I, I think that the key is going to be finding more guys like that. And Kern and McGee, like you said, weren't these like highly sought after guys. They played a ton and were really, really important. Now, you know, there were times that it didn't go well for a couple of those guys and, and that sort of thing, like, whatever. Um, they were pivotal in, especially when, you know, Michael Pettis got hurt and, you know, just a lot of things happened, like having those guys to be able to put them in early in the season when Jaden Williams was really struggling and, you know, all those things, like, that just matters a ton. And having guys you can do that with and not, just rely like when a player gets hurt, your season's over. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about positions of need uh, or actually players, players who are leaving. Uh, do you want to run through that list real quick? Yeah. Uh, fortunately it's a, a short list right now. Um, I, I would never share it, um, <laughs> but I kind of, looked at the roster and and tagged a few guys that I thought might be likely to leave just based on their individual situations and stuff. Uh, One of those guys was uh, Kieran Heath, the tight end. Um, He started while Caden Prescorn was out uh, in the early season and flashed a little bit, but then um, Prescorn just got all of his snaps and then Hudson Wolf, um, started cannibalizing his snaps as, as he got healthier and 
it kind of seemingly left him as an odd man out, especially if Prescorn returns, which I don't know, kind of looks like he might now. Um, anyway, so Kieran Heath in the portal, um, Caden Costa, again, not a, not a big surprise. I had hoped that maybe we would hang on to him because I really do like him as a kicker. He was so solid as a, a true freshman and um, had the unfortunate suspension all last season. And then um, I'm not even really sure what prompted Lane Kiffin to bring in Caden Davis. I think on the whole, it was a good decision because he does have a bigger leg, but uh, Costa's really solid too, but he's in the portal now. And then the only other player of note really is Rafe Vinson, who is a, a walk on that has played some wide receiver and defensive back and probably wasn't in line to get serious snaps, but he, you know, he's a pretty good player and he'll probably latch on somewhere decent. Yeah, Rick Benson is one of those players who, like, the coaches talked about a little bit when he was a true freshman and he was at wide receiver making plays out of the slot. That never materialized in any way, and he sort of bounced back and forth between defensive back and wide receiver during his time at Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, you know, more power to the guy wherever he ends up. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Heath, like, I kind of hate that we're at a point where a redshirt freshman leaves, um, but I understand it. Like that's, it's not like that's only happening at Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, and Caden Costa, Caden Davis hit a 57 yard field goal. So that's probably why, why Caden Costa is, is leaving. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see more guys enter the portal, uh, but the but- damage could be a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine we'll see plenty more. Um, the only players that Ole Miss has lost that have really been significant uh, have been Tysheem Johnson and Davis and Igben Oson in the in the portal uh, since its inception, right? I don't think there's anyone else of, of major consequence. I mean, not really. I, I would count Miles Battle. I would count Jock Jones. Um I would count yeah. the other cornerback we had that went to Kentucky and was pretty good. I can't remember his name. Shoot. Um, but yeah, on, on the whole, Ole Miss has been one of the biggest net beneficiaries uh, of, of the portal. Have very few impact players leaving. And you mentioned Tyson yeah. Johnson. Ole Miss straight upgraded um, mm-hmm. with, with Dijon Anthony and John Saunders. Like those guys are better than the guys that replaced. Yeah. 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 It would be nice to have Big Minosa. Oh, sure. Team. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the positions of need that, that Ole Miss has, though. Because I think that, obviously, like, <laughs> Lane Kiffin has shown that he will just do weird things from a roster management standpoint. And, like, maybe we'll get, like, a transfer quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I think that there are some key positions that Ole Miss really needs to find some things in the portal. Uh, and one, one that I actually like, or one that I was interested in that you may disagree with, maybe it's not as important is tight end. Uh, Javante Connor announced that he is, he, he had initially gone into the portal and pulled his name out uh, maybe like a day or so later. Uh, but I just think that that the tight end room is 
not very deep. I mean, Hudson Wolf is a player that I forget about because he was injured for so long. Uh, and he did play a lot this year. Um, and, you know, at times made some plays or was in a position to make plays and, and was missed by Dart or something like that. Uh, I think that finding some sophomore or tight end would probably be helpful. Yeah, lower down on the priority list, but it, it certainly would not hurt. Um, you can tell. Yeah, 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 you can tell that's something Lane Kiffin really wants to do when he has the personnel for it, and it's just been frustratingly uh, hard to get to. You know. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like what they entered last season with in theory. And how by the end of the year it was mostly just skating breeze mm-hmm. Um wide receiver, definitely. Unless Trey Harris just decides he's gonna come back, which like you said, like it's just very unlikely that will happen. I think Ole Miss needs to find one great outside receiver. Yeah, and they may have that. And, I mean I Sorry, uh, they they may have that. They may have that in Dion Smith. Uh, if he ends up signing with Ole Miss and, and panning out, he's a player who signed with LSU um, in 2021 out of Mississippi. Uh, he went to Jackson Academy, and you know played a good bit for LSU as a freshman, and then planned to transfer to Ole Miss, but I don't know had great issues and stuff, and bounced around junior college for a couple of years and now would come back. Uh, he's absolutely lit the junior college scene on fire this year. He's like the top rated overall junior college player, regardless of position. Um, and Ole Miss is pretty likely to sign him, but planning on him to be your number one receiver is definitely risky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he could be really good. I, I will say <laughs> Deion Smith is a case study in if you enter the portal, don't stay at the school that you are leaving if you have grade issues. Uh, transfer somewhere. Because <laughs> if you remember, he, he entered the portal in like January of that year mm-hmm. and then stayed at LSU for a semester. I don't know, man. I'm not saying that like LSU was nefarious in anything at all. I'm just saying that like they're not going to go to the same level of of like tutoring and all that sort of stuff to help you along as they would if you were not in the portal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he could come in and be great. He's just—it's not like he's proven himself. Yeah, especially given that. Receivers seem to have a little bit more of an adjustment period into Lane Kiffin's offense than than maybe most offenses. Um, a lot of guys, you know, have been brought in with high hopes, and and you know, haven't all of them haven't panned out for sure. No, yeah. Um, so a player that I actually really like uh, is D- Donovan McCulley. And he is, he was all Big Ten honorable mention at Indiana. He is 6'4", and he had 48 catches for 644 yards and six touchdowns this season. Uh, he was originally brought in 
or I guess he played quarterback his whole life uh, and then made the transition beginning in college. Last year, he was only okay. I think he had like 15 catches. Uh, but this year was a real breakout for him. And he's not he's not a burner, but he's really big and uses his body well. I, I watched some highlights of his, and he's really good at like getting position and boxing out and you know all the things that really can help on those 50-50 balls that Trey Harris wins a crazy number of. Uh, and I'm not saying he's Trey Harris at all. Uh, but, you know, we will have a void there of not really having a guy on the roster who is physically imposing in the way that you kind of sometimes need for those contested catches. Uh, Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins are great receivers. And gosh, like, even if they're the best two receivers on the team next year, those are two really great receivers to have on the team. Um, but uh, in terms of like a skill set that could be missing, a player like McCauley could really help. Uh, he's actually visiting Kentucky. Uh, I, I have not heard him link to Ole Miss at all. Uh, I'm, I'm not throwing out his name as like a player to keep your eye on because he's visiting Ole Miss soon or something like that. But it's really early and there just aren't a lot of guys who we already know are visiting Ole Miss. So we're just sort of talking about some players of interest uh, who are who are in the portal and, and people that kind of like keep listening for if, if we begin to hear those players. Yeah, you got to think if his first visit is Kentucky, then a team like Ole Miss could probably get in the game. I mean, I don't know if he has some like innate connection to Kentucky or right. whatever, but if you have like offers from everybody out of the portal, maybe Kentucky isn't your first visit. I don't know. That's that's my thought. But, uh, <laughs> um, so you mentioned Indiana. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I, I was going to say, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Kentucky is fine, but um, he's from Indiana originally. So he's leaving his home state school. It's not like he's, you know, going back to Kentucky where he blew up in high school or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, another guy from Indiana. So, so Indiana has had a ton of guys hit the portal so far because of them firing. Um, oh God, the, the former Ole Miss linebacker coach. I'm dying. What's his name? <laughs> Tom. Yeah. Tom yeah. Allen, there you right? go. Um, yeah. So they fired Tom Allen and have had a huge number of guys hit the portal. I think, all of their offensive line starters or something like that have hit the portal. And one of them, their starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman, um, was offered by Ole Miss um, and said that he's going to visit. Uh, his name is, let's, oh shoot, uh, Carter Smith. Um, he was like a, a four-star offensive tackle who you know, started all season for Indiana at, at, at left tackle and would have three seasons of eligibility left. So, um if you're going to break out your wallet for guys on the offensive line, um, a guy that fits that profile is, is a pretty good place to start. Yeah, I guess like regardless of the team and how they did having a guy who started at left tackle as a freshman, you probably want to just take that guy, mm -hmm. you know, for, for a power five yeah. conference. Let's see. Uh, Southern Miss, they've had a, an offensive lineman, uh, Jerquan Scott. Um, he's actually already visited Ole Miss. Again, 
I don't know how all this stuff works. I kind of wrote about this in a recent post. It's like the portal isn't even open yet, but there are guys who are declaring their intent to enter the portal and already taking official visits and stuff. I don't know how that works, but um, anyway, so a, a starter for Southern Miss at left guard this year. Apparently played really well, and he's already entered the portal and visited Ole Miss and um, also going to visit, I think, Auburn and South Carolina or something like that. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a guy that, that Ole Miss could potentially hit on early in the portal as well. Whoa, somewhat breaking news. Uh, on three, uh, and this is from Keegan Pope. Uh, oh, no, sorry. This is from Hayes Fawcett of On3. They're reporting that Texas A&M defensive lineman Walter Nolan is entering the transfer portal. Yeah. Remember that guy? Number one overall prospect? I do, yeah. He was an IMG guy. Um, and <laughs> he's one of those players that it, it, it's kind of ridiculous that, that Ole Miss will kind of like quote-unquote recruit down the wire, but everyone knows they're not going there. Uh, so... <laughs> It's like, I don't know. You never know. Walter, Walter Nolan might come to Ole Miss. I don't know. Right. He obviously didn't, but um, but uh, at least a guy that we've spoken to probably. He did, he did not. No, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Kevin Smith was his primary recruiter at Ole Miss. Uh, Kevin Smith is still on staff. Obviously, Randall Joyner is too. But at Alabama, he was recruited by Pete Golding. Uh, and Alabama finished second for him. Interesting. Um, that would be a really that would be a really interesting thing. Uh, I think, yeah, he was a freaking beast in high yeah, school. Yeah, I think someone will probably just pay him about two million dollars to go play for them next year, and it will not be Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Although, let's see, I'm trying. Like, it's not like he tore it up at A and M. Um, in his two seasons there. I mean, he was good, and he started. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a really good player, but it's not like he was, like, a force that, you know, will be the number two pick in the NFL draft or something like right, that. Right, right. But, yeah, just the position. Uh, so I also think you mentioned off- – Sorry, go ahead. Gosh, this this lag is crazy. Uh, I'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you mentioned offensive line, uh, and you know you got Jerkon Scott, Jerkon Scott, and Carter Smith. Uh, I think the Ole Miss offensive line could use like four guys out of the portal. Uh, obviously, depending on who comes back or or whatever. But yeah, they just really need to heavy up at that position or that position. Yeah, I, I agree and. I don't know. There, there just seem to be rumblings that a couple of guys might leave. Again, I, I hate to like tab current players as saying like, oh, he might be entering the portal because that's that's not fair to the player or the school, even if we are just a little a little bitty blog, whatever. But uh, no, it seems like we we will probably have a couple of offensive linemen enter the portal, guys who maybe even played a good bit this year. Yeah. Uh, And then on defense, I think that we find ourselves in a similar situation to last year where, uh, depending, again, on who leaves, there are a few holes they just have to fill. But more than anything, they really need to find, like, 
some impact players. And, and that's proving to be very hard in the portal. Uh, it, the portal is proving to be a place that it's easy is not the right word, but it's easier to find like a group of five senior player who has really put in the time and proven himself to be a veteran player who wants to spend one more year at a place where he can really win. And actually, Dajon Anthony talked about this in a press conference the other day. They were asking him about like motivation. And I think it was going into the Egg Bowl. So I say the other day, that must have been like three weeks ago. Um, but he talked about how the the transfers he didn't think would have difficulty getting motivated for the Egg Bowl or for the future bowl at that point. Uh, because they all, so many of them come from schools that like didn't really achieve much uh, during their time that they were there. And so they're like all passionate to try to kind of uh, push hard to do something significant. And like, I recognize that it's a press conference and people just say things and that sort of stuff, but like they play that way. And I think that really bears its, it, it, itself out. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, that's a good model. Um, I think that is kind of one of the reasons that, that Ole Miss has been a big beneficiary of the portal is because they can use guys like that, whereas your Alabamas and Georgias don't have as much use for guys like that, or they know that they would be brought in as depth pieces or whatever. Um, and, and yeah, that, that yeah. you know continues to bear fruit for Ole Miss. We've had, I mean, the coaches have done a fantastic job uh, scouting for guys like that uh, last season and, and the season before, and, and hopefully this off, off season too, because like Dijon Anthony, when he committed, how underwhelmed were you? Like, I know <laughs> how underwhelmed I was. He's been phenomenal. Like, <laughs> he looks like yeah. an NFL player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that it's funny that Hugh Freeze allegedly just really didn't want him. Uh, and Hugh Freeze had the benefit of having scouted him in practice every day for like two years. <laughs> I was like, no, dude, you can't make it in the SEC. And then like, he was really great. He was yeah, really great. Hugh, Hugh Freeze uh, having an unforced error in recruiting. Who could imagine? Um... <laughs> it's like, you don't have uh, four or more stars next to your name in the transfer portal ranking, so... We, uh, we aren't going to yeah. go after you. Uh, yeah, I just, anyway, I just think that overall on defense, the defense could use a couple more guys who just make plays in huge ways. They don't really have a lot of those guys. They have tons of guys who are dependable and good. They don't have enough guys who just like can take over a game and change it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I mean, and we just talked about that strategy of adding a bunch of like veteran G5 players, but it does seem like they need to splash big on one right. awesome pass rusher or something like that, or just an insane middle linebacker, someone who really changes the complexity of an entire game, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that, and that was something that I had here in the show notes for us to talk about, like, it's definitely a balancing act. You want to figure out like, where can I make a huge splash? You know, can I find an edge who will, you know, change the game, who will come in and be Sam Williams for a year? Can I, you know, or can I find like 
a safety who will make it so that, you know, opposing quarterbacks don't throw to his half of the field very much, you know, that sort of thing. But then the rest of it is like, what can I find to supplement what I already have and be a fill in or maybe not fill in, but like, uh, help plug a gap that I have with a dependable player who will, you know, be in the right spot and make plays when they come to him and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it's a tough, a tough thing to have to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's definitely encouraging how well the coaches have done at that, you know, as a whole so far. And, um, you know, hopefully more of the same this off season. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the portal so far is not full of many players that are just super duper exciting. Uh, but it's December 3rd as the time of this, this recording. So the portal has not technically opened and, uh, you know, last year at this time, we were talking about a lot of players that didn't end up at Ole Miss. And then we had a late surge in the portal window and really came out as as winners. Although we may have been a little disappointed at the time, a ton of those guys ended up, a ton of the like quote-unquote disappointing players that Ole Miss took ended up playing huge parts mm-hmm. on the team. Um, okay, so I think that really brings us to the end. Uh, hopefully next week we will have a lot more names of players to really be on the lookout for and uh, have more news about who has entered the portal from Ole Miss and that sort of thing. Uh, But until then, we will uh, talk to you soon.